Welcome to the Gridiron Crew, an NFL podcast made in Scotland discussing America's game. It's Thursday night, so it must be time for the Week 7 preview crew. I'm your host, Dan, and joining me tonight are some of the finest crew members. After his predictions last week, it takes a lot to bet against your team, but to be fair, who can blame him? It's Pat's fan, Scud. How are you? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Glad it's this point of the week and I can chill out for the weekend now. Excellent. Glad to hear it, mate. Uh, also joining us, this guy's appearance on the pod could not have been timed any better. Still hasn't wiped that smug look off his face from Sunday night. <laughs> the Eagles were shot out of the sky by his mighty Jets for their first ever victory against the Eagles. It's Pat. Have you stopped celebrating yet? What a win. What a win. Just shows you. No, I mean. nah, it's, it's um, even, even with a banged up team, we're still competitive. I think it's still promising. Yeah, what, are you making faces, what are you making faces at, Scud? Nothing, no, no comment. He <laughs> <laughs> just can't find his bring yourself to praise the Jets. That's what it is. That's it. <laughs> Before you did, you did, he's hung in well in that game. You could kind of see it coming after the 49ers. You could see the same pattern happening in your game as well. Um, yeah. yeah, excellent. And then we mentioned this in previous podcasts about I think it was one of my uh, statistics of the week that he said never beat the Eagles in history. So it's your first ever win over the Eagles. Mm. Some stats. Oh, talking, about, talking about history, let's have a look at the kickoff question for this week. So we put this up on the socials earlier on. So tonight's kickoff question is: What's the worst NFL play of all time? And there's loads to choose from. And this comes on the back of it being, I think, it's the eighth year anniversary of the fake punt by the Colts that what shouldn't have been snapped, but was snapped, and there was no line, and they get smashed. So, Pat, you start us off. What's in your, in your mind, what's the worst NFL play of all time? So I, I probably, I probably have a bit of recency bias in mind. So mine's isn't that long ago. Um, but also, I think you know, in terms of sort of big moments and big games, there's probably no bigger moment than this one that happened, and it's Super Bowl Forty Nine. Um, the the famous interception with twenty yeah. seconds left in the clock. Beautiful. Um, really good game. Back and forth. Back and forth. Russell Wilson's got cooking, two-minute drill, fourth quarter. They get to the one-yard line with 20 seconds to go. They've got Marshawn Lynch there, ready for beast mode, three attempts to run it in, and he tries to throw it. Honest <laughs> to God. like It could have been the start of a dynasty. In the end, that, that was probably, that's, that's, they've never been near it again. Um, yeah, so just in terms of sort of big moments, big plays, um, for me, that that's the worst play ever. Like, why the hell would they throw that ball and not run it? Um, and that's that's really when I was starting to get into NFL and stuff like that as well. So it's, it kind of sticks in the memory for me that one. Yeah, it's going to be one of those questions that will be asked for all time in NFL. It's never ever going to be answered. One of those ones that will always be asked: Why did that happen? Um, yes, that's a great shout. Scott, what's your own one? Um... I say there's plenty to choose from. That that wasn't a that bad play. That was just beautiful play, Pat. You got that one all wrong. Um, no, to me, I'll go butt fumble. And Pat should have picked that one because that was a glorious play by Sanchez. Couldn't have got any better. Um, but no, to me, I loved that play. It was just that was just more comical than anything else. To be perfectly honest, it was more just. It's up there with um, love looking like he's steaming run into the back of the, the old line. That was just brilliant plays. Um, but no, to me that was one of my that was one of the craziest plays I've seen fumbling it off of the I think, centre's arse, for better word it. 
They were certainly one of the funniest ones. I eh? I'll give I'll give you that. <laughs> I could have went to the one last year, but I'm not I'm not one to talk about it yet. <laughs> the Patriots. Do a great choice, you guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out, I've got a list here of the 25 worst plays in NFL history, so I'm going to get through a couple of them, and I'll tell you what my favourite one is. So this one I didn't know of, and uh, if Craig's listening along, he'll be... No, in fact, it doesn't matter, because it wasn't it? It was Washington he played for at the time. So Kirk Cousins, he's a, a great game, um, and he's driving down the field at the end of the game, and he gets to the six-yard line, and there's six seconds left in the clock. So what you got to do is take the ball, spike it, stop the clock, so they can, you know, Go for a touchdown or kick a field goal. What does Kirk Cousins do? He takes a step back and accidentally takes a knee instead of spiking the ball and ran the clock out. It's just mental. Um, what was the other one? There's a couple of ones uh, that I had as well. There was one where uh, Tim Tebow ran backwards for 30 yards and got sacked. An R cracker. Um, the Minnesota Miracle. That was an R cracker. How did. How did he catch that ball and not be tackled? Um, but the one I'm going to go for was it's the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a punter Michael Cohen. So he obviously takes a snap to punt the ball um, and he, he, the punt's blocked. So he picks the ball back up. You think, hey, what are you going to do? So he decides, I'll throw it and throws an interception on the same play as he did the punt blocked at the same time. How could, how could that have went any worse? Um, so uh, the Chiefs have turned it for a pick six, obviously, as well. So it just goes down a bit for them. <laughs> but the Bucs still won the game 38 10. That was before the Chiefs were won any good, to be fair. Still any good. <laughs> I will. <laughs> That's just for studs. <laughs> I know he is, he's, in, he's on a boat somewhere in the Mediterranean. You'll not hear that. Oh, trust um, me, with ears, man, I can't see that. That's not nice. <laughs> Excellent couple of choices there, guys, on the kickoff question. So, this week we've got three cracking games to discuss. For the six teams we're talking about tonight, four of them have won a Super Bowl, one's lost a Super Bowl, and one's never even been to a Super Bowl. Yeah? So, we're going to start with a team that have never won a Super Bowl, or never been in a Super Bowl, and it's the Lions. The five and one Lions, who would have thought we would have said that? Apart from probably a lot of us in the crew, because we, we all like Dan Campbell. Um, they're away to the Ravens this week. Number three in the NFC versus number three in the AFC. Pat, how's this one going to play out? I think it's going to be a cracker. I think it's going to be a really good game. Glad you picked it. Um, we'll start off with Baltimore. Um, four and two this year. Lamar's playing some good stuff again. There's a lot of talk of him. Obviously, being back to his MVP best. Personally, I don't think he's quite at that level yet. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of chat going on, especially if you read, read a lot of sort of the press and Baltimore like I've been doing trying to research this. Um, Good, good, solid team. But again, the foundations of the Baltimore team is built on that defence. They've got defences looking really solid. Obviously, they've got Rockhan Smith in there. Now he's been there for 12 months, looking the part. Patrick Queen, obviously, beside him, looking again. He's like learning all the time, looking scary. I think they're number one in the pass rush just now. Um, they're really, really solid defence. So for that side of the ball, really good. Keeping them in games. Offensively, yeah. offensively, I, I think they're, they're struggling. Like... I think they're winning games, and I, I, they're four and two, and I think they're favourites to win this game by all the bookmakers. But I, I still don't see them as a finished article. I think they've still got some weaknesses up front. Um, so as much as Lamar's probably playing a lot better, he's got Mark Andrews, obviously, as his primary weapon, who's always been there at tight end. Zay Flowers is having a great rookie season. Um, I think we all tipped Zay Flowers to do well this year. But then you've got like 
for me, massive disappointments in OBJ, uh, Rashad Bateman. I think they don't really have the weapons beyond beyond the tight end and a rookie. So I think they're only an injury away from a crisis. Um, with Baltimore, I think, I'd say, a really good team doing well just now. Obviously, in a really tough division, as we all know. Um, but I don't know if they've got necessarily got the strength and depth to, to continue competing. They actually remind me a lot of the Vikings last year. They actually did a really good record. But actually, you know, flat to deceive. And as soon as they come into the, the postseason, they were done, one and done. Um, I think they could be quite similar this year, Baltimore. But don't worry about doing them because they're doing quite well. So you kind of like you kind of sort of diss their four and two record. And I'm sure yeah. some teams would love to have a four and two record schedule, wouldn't they? Just love to have a winning record, mate. <laughs> 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 Looking at that depth that the Ravens have got, so obviously he spoke about Zay Flowers. He's he's having a he's probably still not broke out properly yet. I mean, I no, it's not. Him, absolutely. Uh, but he's definitely been their, their biggest weapon out wide. As like you say, OBJs and everything. Bateman, I think people coming out this season maybe expected a lot out of him because he was effectively the number one receiver for them. Yep. Uh, obviously, they lost Dobbins as well, which wouldn't have helped them. Uh, but why yep. did they run it back when you've got Lamar Jackson there anyway? Uh, but even when he's been out, nobody's really stepped up. Justice Hill had a couple of games where he kind of stepped up. Gus Edwards has looked okay, but they've not, the running game's not really got going from that. No, it's yeah. not. And actually, you, you talk about um, Lamar as well. I think they've, they've really changed how they're using him as well in the offense. He's not running as many plays as what he used to. Um, he's not scattering across the field the way he used to. Uh, I think they're trying to protect him a bit more in that front. But yeah. you're right, Gus, Ed, Gus Edwards isn't the answer. Justice Hill showed some some sparks here and there. Obviously, he's got speed to burn. I think, obviously, he's been used more for that, that side. And obviously, Gus has been used more as a sort of, you know, um, battering ram at times. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think they're weak up front. That's that's the big the big issue I've got with Baltimore at this point in time. Just put up Jackson's stats here. So he's rushed for three hundred and twenty seven yards so far this season. Um on sixty rushes. So um I think most of them won't be designed plays, they'll be, able to be be scampering and taking what he can get, whereas usually they were running a lot of design plays for him. Yeah. It's only got to be good for him because if he's got that threat and they can still chuck the ball, chuck the ball and get that threat behind them. That's mm-hmm. good to have. Yeah. But looking at his, so out of his 60 attempts, if you think back to Lamar Jackson, all used to, his longest run out of those 60 attempts is 26 yards. Which, thinking back, when you had those design quarterback runs, he was going half the field on those plays. I mean, so now it's like, okay, we'll design a play where he's going to get as a first down, maybe, but we're not designing plays, like you said, around him be effectively being a running back anymore. Well, they've paid yeah. him now, so they've got to protect him. So no, that, <laughs> he's getting that, that money thing as well. <laughs> exactly. They can't take any risks now. <laughs> yeah, that, well, you've now invested in you, so you're just not going to run anymore. Um, much, yeah. <laughs> talking about the, the Ravens' defense, why is it with the Ravens and, and making defenses? By the way, what, what, what's the what's the secret formula they've got? Scott, what's your thoughts? I don't know. I, I want them all drug tested. Um, no, they're just they're really they're. No matter what they've got, you they can get rid of some big players, and then the next minute they've just got the next man up in the defense, just performing the same levels. It's scary. Um, yeah. Most has to must be coaching. I, I can only think of things that it can't. That has to be that because they're bringing the guys through the right way, playing the right way, and they've just got a really nice system that they work for in the draft. They've drafted really well for their defense all the time. Um, same can't be said for the wide receiver, but I think Zay Flowers might break that trend. But yep. um, 
I think when they're drafting for defense, they're solid every single time. I don't see them taking much. Don't know them in depth, but I can't remember somebody who went for a good player and the drafted, etc., and whiffed on. Yeah. So knowledge. So you pal, you No, that's me. I'll finish it. Uh, look, looking at the depth chart, you look at obviously in the past you had players like Ray Lewis, big names that stood out in that defense, but they seem to be just be building a defensive unit now. I wouldn't say any of the players are massive standout players. Do you know what I mean like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and that and that linebacker will do an excellent job for them? Uh, obviously, get Clowney on the line as well. Uh, they picked up Kyle Van Noy uh, in the, the offseason. You've seen obviously seen a lot of him, Scud. Yep. Uh, and at the back end, Kyle Hamilton, Marlon Humphrey are, are good players to have in that position as well. And somebody that they've kind of missed a lot this year, which we were hoping as Scottish people to see a lot more of, was David Ojabo this year as well. Obviously, he's injured, so they've got a good unit there that works together as a defense, um, which is probably key, isn't it, Pat? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I think I think defensively they're, they're absolutely sound, um, and they're actually really good to watch. Um, yeah. I think I said this before in a previous pod that actually, in terms of sort of AFC teams, I think there's so many teams with stacked defenses, um, and actually the, whoever whoever goes to the Super Bowl is going to be the one that survives this year. Yeah. Um, so I think there's so many great defenses that they're up against, um, but certainly Baltimore's up there with one of as one of them. Yeah, that's excellent. So let's flip it over to the lines then, Pat. Give us your rundown on the lines so far. So I think I think probably our listeners are probably fed up of us listening. Our waxing Larry Club at the Lions, as we, we all seem to do time after time. Um, obviously, we're all huge, huge fans. We've seen the journey they've been on this past 12, 24 months. Um, some, made some really good draft picks. Um, rejuvenated Jared Goff. Um, turned him into a really solid quarterback. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so impressed with the Lions. Um, the big, the big probably criticism we had of them last year was that they ran out of steam. Their defence wasn't as good last year. Their offence was really exciting to watch. Um, but defensively, obviously, they just let too many points slip. I think they won eight games in the trot or something last year. And everyone was sort of jumping out their seats thinking that was it. They were already, they'd already arrived. Um, I think they've had a really good sort of um, pre-season. Obviously, they've built again from the draft. And yeah, they're looking quite scary. Um, and again, looking at some of the rookies coming in, like, so excited to see Jameer Gibbs coming in um, at the start of the season. He's just not kicked on yet. Hopefully now with Monty out for the week, we might see what happens this week. Um, if we get if he's actually fit and ready to go. Um, but I think the one thing about the Lions is they've got a decent run game, they've, which is what, for me, the Baltimore don't have. They've also got the Wettums and the Sun God um, and St. Brown. They're going to also get Jameson Williams back, who's obviously going to be that deep threat. And you've seen that at the weekend there. Um, so for me, they're stacked in the offense. Um, and then obviously the defense has just got better and better. Aiden Hutchison's now looking like the number, like our round one pick as, as, as he was obviously last year, really grown into the role. And they're just really exciting. Obviously they've added the tight end, Samuel Porter and stuff like that. Again, we're, we're told time and time again that tight ends take two, three, four years to develop in the NFL. You know, we've, we've seen so many sort of really promising rookies. Kyle Pitt's probably been prime example that just never really kicked on. I think Laporta's coming and he kind of looks, he's no, he's no elite just yet, don't get me wrong. I don't get, I'm not trying to even make that argument. But you can certainly see that he's got a place in that, in that team right away. So I think, I think they're stacked. And I think that, for me, is what's really exciting about the Lions this year. You can see that they have kicked on. And because they've sorted things out in the defensive side of the ball as well, 
I think I think they're they're going to go quite far. And obviously they're on a four game winning streak just now. It's no fluke, you know. Um, I don't think we can all be sitting here surprised anymore. I think we can we can safely say that we've seen this coming. We've all been sort of watching their progress. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's really exciting. It gives us hope for for my team as well that we can we can get there one day. <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah, as you say, it's, it's not a surprise the Lions are doing well. But I, I still don't think at any point we're maybe expecting them to be five and one in joint top of the NFC at this point. I think we expect them to have a good season. But um, Scott, as someone who has had a coach for however many years, Bill Belichick's been there, and players really buy into Bill Belichick, and and they always have done. How important that is it for a team like the Lions who are going through that transition to have a coach like Dan Campbell who the players look like they'll run through a brick wall for him? Uh, you can tell all it's, it's priceless. You can't beat it. That's part of the secret sauce, so to speak. Um, you can tell they're a team playing for each other. I mean, that play last week when Reynolds threw the block in for St Brown for that touchdown... He actually he just would have ran through and done anything to let, let get that block for him. And that's what that to me is the the Dan Campbell effect. He's got that effect. He's got all, all well and it was run through a brick wall. But they're all together, they're all pulling the same direction. There's no prima donna like your digs and all that saying, Oh, I want the ball, and you need to give me it. He's not got anything like that. It's a team. First and foremost, it's a team individuals no they're all playing together pulling the same direction and i think that's priceless and that's why i, I find it fascinating to watch because they've not maybe got the best group of skill players don't get me wrong they've got some good skill players but they're playing for each other they're all playing as a team rather than a, the prima donnas they're all wanting to be out there themselves getting their name in the headlines and i think that's probably the, the biggest thing that's why i enjoy watching them the most because that you get that feeling from watching them yeah, I 100% agree. And I think in, I mean, they've got a three-game lead in the division. Um, the Packers are a game back there of uh, their bye week. So the division, I think, we, I think it was maybe last week we spoke about this, and the division is definitely theirs to lose. Um, and you just think they're still, they are still team in transition, and you don't want to be one of these things where they go too far too, a year too early, and it kind of stunts that. You want them to kind of still grow and... I think I think they're definitely going to team to watch out for the next couple of years anyway. Um, like you see, Aiden Hutchinson on the other side of the ball, Pat, um, he's really starting to come forward now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's like looks quite frightening. Um, and again, that's probably the guy that we were all expecting last year. Again, I think he showed glimpses of it last year. Um, but it just shows you another year on, maturing all the time, learning from the guys running about him. Um, and like you say, good coach as well, I think. I don't think the Lions are right there yet. I don't think they're one of the elite teams yet, but they're certainly you can still see the mid massive strides this year. As for their division, I think I think you know the walk it this year. If you look at the other teams in the division, they're they've not really got much competition on that front. Um, yeah. The rest I of them seem to be in a decline, whereas they're they're the only ones that are projecting up the way. I don't think they're a finished thing that like you said there, Pat. I finished it all the way there yet, but I can still see them getting if they get to the which I think they will the playoffs. I still see them getting a playoff win. They're good enough to get maybe a win in the playoffs. They won't go, maybe not go all the way or go far, but I think they're good enough to get a win in the playoffs this season. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, thinking a one-off game, they can go toe-to-toe with anyone. Yeah, yeah. Just pulling up their schedule for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, we spoke about the Vikings, and when it got to the playoffs last year, they really had to play a team that mattered. They struggled. So the Lions for the rest of the season, so, so far... 
So I'm just looking at obviously they beat the Chiefs obviously week one. Since then they've obviously got the Ravens this week. The next proper proper big challenge is probably against the Cowboys, the second last game of the season. That's probably their next big challenge. So if that, if they can come out of that, or hopefully not. But if they can come out of the, a game against the Cowboys where they can pick up a win that close to the pro season, it shows them that they can then go and do, win those type of games when it matters. Yep. Um, right, predictions time, guys. Pat, you took you started this game, so where do you see this one going? I think it's a really close game, but I think I think the Lions, if Gibbs is fit and good to go, I can see the Lions winning. Uh, Scott, um, do they ask me the lines? I'm just they say that seeing if there is any sign of an injury report yet, it's probably a wee bit early, but let me just have a quick check. Just I don't, I don't think the the officially ruled Monty out yet. I think he's doubtful, but that normally means he's not going to play, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I was going to look to see how Gibbs has been training this week. Uh, he's been li- limited, I think, all week, but maybe they're just holding him back. Yeah, he's been limited, and Montgomery hasn't. Did not participate in the last training session. So, uh, and now the Reynolds either. So at the moment, they've got three running backs are limited in practice. So it looks like Gibbs is probably training more towards it, unless they're just protecting Montgomery uh, ahead of the weekend and not having trained as much. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to make this a full house and go with the Lions as well. I just really like what they're doing this season. Okay. Right, I've got a bit of statistic for you. Right, right in the middle of the, the podcast, I'm going to pull up a statistic for you. I looked at all the teams across the NFL, right? I'm going to ask you, if you pick a team who is only averaging two points in the fourth quarter of all their games this season, who would it be? Denver. Pat? Pat. So, neither of You're those... We're minus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> team are second bottom of the NFL for points in the, the fourth quarter. Bottom is the Cardinals, who are averaging 1.2 points in the fourth quarter. Second bottom with two points is the Chiefs. They have not scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter this season yet. All been field goals. So... On the back of that, <laughs> they are five. They've not, had, they've not had two either, have they? That's the other thing. Well, that is also true. Butker's got them enough points in the game that's kept them going. Yeah. <laughs> so Chiefs are five and one. The Chargers are two and three. The Chargers are averaging 6.8 points in the fourth quarter. So Chiefs fans better hope it doesn't come down to the fourth quarter. Well, it's good. Hopefully. <laughs> um, nah, I, I just think that's all better. It's a. I don't know. They're both teams, I'd say, and well, Chargers are doing what Chargers do best, be in games and not get there. You've seen that yourself the last week then against the Cowboys. Yeah. But I think the Chiefs are winning. I'm not, I can't slag MD's winning records this year especially. But they've, they're flattering to deceive, in my opinion. I think they're getting the wins, they're getting them dirty. Hopefully that means they're, they're building up to it. But I just find them a hard watch. I think the game last week was... I was I was baffled by how much they struggled. As you say, Butker's winning games for them. There's not much on the offense. Even Kelsey was struggling to get involved in the game, which surprised me. Um, I know he might not be a hundred percent. He's trying to play through something, but their running game was. I just don't think. I don't know. Their running game has not been at it either. To be honest with you, their defense has been holding up okay, but I just don't know. It's just. 
I don't know what's wrong if that's them just building up and they'll come good come the business end of the season. But it's just the, the Chargers probably have got potential to cause a banana skin for them here, similar to what the Lions did. They've yeah. got the team, they've got the offense to go. Yeah, they're missing Williams, the Chargers, um, but they've still got some decent op- weapons there to help um, cause an upset. But it'll be an interesting game, and I do think, similar to the first game we talked about, this could has got the potential to be closer than what some people might think. I mean, I'm not sure what the spread is on it. Um, what is it? Five and a half. They've got it in the Chiefs' favour. Um, but still a touchdown game, but I think it potentially could be even closer than that and be won by a field goal. As you said, if it goes later, it goes. They've not got a record going. And it's not as if you can say Kansas City have been coasting it and not needed to score in the last quarter. So it's not as if they've been blowing teams out and the reserves are coming on for the fourth quarter. That's not been the case. So it's, yeah. it must be concerning a way where you're having to do that the hard way. But it's Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day and Andy Reid, so they generally will find a way. But you can't keep on relying on that. You need everybody else to be there. And I don't know, the wide receivers are meh. Yeah, well, they had the back and I'm not going to bomb this up as if it's a big deal. They've already added Nicole Hardman today, but again, is he any more than average? Is he what they needed? Is he going to give them anything that Sky Moore or Ashley Rice, Marcus Van der Scanlon, hasn't given them already? No, but they can they can take Thingmy back, but if they want, <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> looking at the chief schedule so far this year right so they're obviously five and one right and i'm not going to disparage other teams here by saying this but they have played the lions who we know they lost to the jaguars the bears the jets the vikings and the broncos they should in theory be around about five and one doing so they've not really been tested this year so if they're not playing at that level against teams who they probably should be beating, what's going to happen when they come up against a challenge? And that could potentially be this week and in, in the Chargers. Uh, what have you made so far this season, uh, part of the Chiefs? So first and foremost, they're five and one. So hats off to them. You know, they've got Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, as Scud said. I think with Pat Mahomes, you've got a cheat code there. You know I mean? He's always going to win games out of nothing. And he's got that ability just by himself. Um, I've been really disappointed, like, like you guys have already mentioned. Their, their wide receiving group, just, it's, it's not to say it's rubbish, but it's just, it's just no done anything this year. It's just no excited me at all this year. I had really big hopes with Sky Moore and his second year and Rashi Rice, obviously, have come around with a big reputation uh, through the draft, that they're actually, you know, going to do something. Um, and to... It's just not happened thus far. As they say, we're only, what, six games in. So there's still plenty of time for everyone. Um, but they've just, for me, they've just they've completely underwhelmed. And obviously, they do have a 5-1 record. They beat the Jets. I don't want to seem bitter or anything like that, but I think there were some really dodgy calls on that with the referees. Um, I think, you know, I genuinely do believe that that was a game that they get really lucky in. And there'll probably be a few games like this year where there's like one decision has swung, swung a few games in their favour, rightly or wrongly. Um, but yeah, they've got a five-one record. I think again, you know, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, is Nicole Hardman the, the answer um, to all their problems? Probably not. I wouldn't imagine. So is this the guy that couldn't get a game for the Jets? I mean, 
we were we were fielding rookies ahead of him. He just didn't get anywhere near the start lineup. Um, but obviously he's got that relationship with Mahomes. He's got a relationship with Andy Reid. I'm sure they'll find a role for him. Um, yeah, I say you can't be too down on somebody that's five and one. But are they the best to watch? Not at this point in time. But they've got one stud in there that can can change a game in an instant. Um, so they'll always be be in games. Um, for me, going up against the Chargers this weekend, it, it's, it's intriguing because the Chargers, you know, they like to, they, well, we've seen it time and time again, they run games so close and then lose in the last minute. And the Chiefs aren't scoring points in the, in the last quarter, as you've just said. So yeah. let, let's see how it pans out. Um, I think it'll be, a good, it'll be a good one. Yeah. Do you think the Chiefs are running the risk of, and this might be worth you, Scott, the, the Patriots always done well with average receivers because they had Tom Brady. Yeah. They never yeah. have had that elite receiver or receiving core. Are the Chiefs, in a way, trying to replicate that? And it's maybe starting to backfire a wee bit because the, the reliance on Kelsey's always been there. But when that option's not there, where does it go? Do you think they're... I'm not saying they're trying to copy what the Patriots done, but do you think they're running a risk of doing the same thing but not getting the same results? Yeah, I, I think they've got all these guys. They had Tyreek Kill and obviously Explosive. He's called Cheetah is for a reason. But I think they need a solid, dependable guy in the... In the slants, just the short passes. Tom Brady's made people's careers off that. Your Edelmans and your Amendolas and before your Welkers, he's made people's careers just doing the short stuff, the easy stuff. They don't seem to have MD for that role. Yeah, I think that's what's missing massively from it. Um, you've got your field stretchers, you've got people going to run down field, but where's the easy pass and not having always relying Kelsey to be that player? And I wind studs up about Kelsey. He might, but he's not a good tight end. He's a great tight end, but he's just not the best. But he's solid. He's always there. But he's going. If he's the only person doing it in the middle of the field, he's going to get injured. He's getting that bit older. It's going to be more and more regular. He's getting injured. So they need to try and get that balance right in their midfield, um, and in their defense, and their sorry offense. But if you, you look at their next, be get, oh sorry, 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 Scott, where you going? No, you know, I was just going to talk about. Their, you talk about that their games. They've got Miami, Philly, Buffalo, Patriots, and no, Cincinnati and Chargers away still to come. That's five difficult games this year. Um, so if they don't start performing, they'll soon start going down the way. Sorry, Pat. No, they've got the Dolphins and Eagles back to back. I think that'll be two good weeks to, to see how how far they're progressing. No, the other thing I was going to say is, do you think there's maybe... Some distraction with Kelsey now, and all the stuff that's going on around about, with obviously the whole Taylor Swift thing and all the rest of it. Do you think that's maybe adding a distraction to his play? Potentially, because he's not really been the same since all that came more and more. Obviously, he is injured, so we don't know how much he's trying to deal with that injury. But he's not been the same player for the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and obviously, the big hoopla about is Taylor Swift got to be there. You see Mary Harden, you're in the fucking field when you're watching the game. <laughs> um, but... So it is a bit of a distraction. And yeah. it reminds me, I watched the thing about David Beckham, and it reminds me um, him being the posh vice and the, the coach no liking the fact that all the attention's up in the stands. But yeah. it's, it is a little bit, it's a big distraction for the full team, to be honest with you, I think. Yeah. yeah I mean, Kelsey, I mean, not that I've ever noticed, it didn't seem to ever be someone that was 
like a big media personality kind of seemed to keep yourself to yourself and suddenly he's suddenly in the spotlight i mean it's that could be what you're saying it could be causing a distraction for him and the team yeah it's, it's an interesting one to see how that plays out um tell them to come in a couple of games and see if they play better and then you can get a, a judgment of how it's going to go <laughs> right, uh, over to the chargers um pretty weird start to the season for them the chargers i think we all expected to kick on this season um found ourselves at two and three um i'm just going to pull up the start of the season so i can't remember who they've played um so dolphins titans vikings raiders cowboys that was the start of the season so they're on the dolphins close in fact chargers every one of the chargers games they've been less than seven points in it yeah, seven points play game it's one yeah. play game yeah i mean the first three games they won. They lost by two. They lost by three. They won by four. So like you see, they, they are right in the game. It's just they just kind of seem to punch it over the line sometimes. I think uh, in that the biggest surprise is the defeat to Tennessee. The other ones getting beat off Dallas and Miami isn't yeah bad, but getting beat off Tennessee is that's the big result. And that's when Chargers are doing what Chargers do best. Yeah, but they've had some big injuries. Obviously, they've been missing Eckler and they've been missing Williams, like you said as well. Like so. You know, like th- these these guys weren't around for those games, were they? Yeah. So now they've they've, they've, no. they've started. Oh, it's Eckler. I believe he's he's fine for this week. Um, how's this one going to start? Uh, sorry, how's this one going to start? How are the Chargers going to get on this week, Pat? I think they've got to come out all guns blazing. I think we're going to see the big arm of Justin Herbert in the first first half. Um, yeah, I can I can see the Chargers actually racing into leading this. So I can I can see them. It's whether or not they can actually keep it. Because the big thing I've got with the Chargers are, I think they're bottle merchants. Um, so I, I I can see them racing into a, a, an early lead, quite substantially actually. Um, but it's whether or not they can sustain it, and whether or not Candace can obviously catch them, which inevitably they always do. Yeah, that is true. I mean, um, Keenan Allen's obviously key to them. He had a decent game against us last week. Um, we maybe gave him a bit of an easy touchdown, uh, but he's going to be key. If Herbert's going to perform at the level he can be, he's going to need Keenan Allen to come along with him. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Keenan Allen, Scott? I think he's brilliant. I think it's stupid to say he might be underrated, but I do think he doesn't get a lot of the credit he does deserve. He's a fun, to me, he's a fantastic wide receiver. And I think I just seen there that against the Vikings, he had 215 yards that game this year. He's doing, he's going really well. Um, and to me, with Williams being out, he's key. But the thing is, if Williams, when Williams been out, is it going to be easy enough to try and mark him out of the game? That's where the sort of maybe issues will come. Yeah. Because he's they've not got a lot of depth in behind him. You've got Palmer, etc. But really, Keenan Allen and Williams is what you're what you're after to have them both. And Eckler coming back last year and getting, I think he got over a hundred yards last week as well, coming back. So. That's encouraging to see he's back full fitness and going at it again. So they have got the weapons and Herbert, I think, if he was in a better coach team, I think he would be winning a lot more and doing a lot better, personally. The guy's talent is ridiculous. Huge Justin Herbert fan. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback throw the ball as naturally and as easily as he can. Uh, Just putting up Keenan Allen's stats uh, for a second. Over his career, so bear in mind he's been in the league now about 10 years, he's averaging 11.7 yards per catch. 
But over that is the period of a career. Um, so there's been there was one there's only been one year where it was less than ten yards a catch and it was nine point nine yards a catch. Do you know what I mean? And he's he's just he's just I, I, used to, I think he is underrated, and I think it's maybe a very similar situation there. But with the team that he's in, <coughs> he's not been successful. He's not getting the credit for how good a player he really is. Um, he's went over his. Uh, I think there's only been one year over the last six where he's not had over a thousand yards. I'm going to give him, there was one eight nine nine two. I'm going to give him that one, right? But I think last year I think he was seven hundred and fifty yards. He is, a, he is, he's not talked in that high echelon of, of wide receivers, but surely he's got to be higher rated than his part. What's your thoughts on him? No, I agree. I think he totally goes under the radar. Um, whether that's because I've never had any real success. Um, you might be right in that front, but I think if you took a Keenan Allen and stuck him in the Chiefs, for example, they become a superstar overnight. Oh, no doubt, hundred um, percent. So no, I agree with you. And like you say, he's not—it's not just a, he's not a one-season wonder. He's done it consistently over over the course of his career. Yeah. Excellent. On the other side of the ball for the Chargers, and so we spoke about it just before we came on about the need to up the defense, and we spoke about Joey Bosa. I can't believe we spoke, forgot about Khalil Mack because what a start of the season he's had. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to pull up his stats. I was kind of fill up. So, hi. Right, let's talk about Khalil Mack. Well, I pull his stats up. So, tell us all about Khalil Mack. Oh, it was massive. Is it the one game he had like five in one game or something? Five sacks. Um, yeah, it was just destroyed them. But it was just it was looking back to his best, and that's what you need him. They him to perform. Joey Bosa to perform, but I just think they're lacking in the secondary, unfortunately, the, the backfield, because JC Jackson didn't work out, he's now back at us, um, but again, I think that's just the way he was trying to get used, and Bill Belichick gets bits of out of players, as you said about talk about his coaching matter, of course it does, and Bill Belichick's always got the best out of people who shouldn't really be getting it out of him, if that makes sense, but I do think um, Mac being f- fully fit and going again is can only be good for the Chargers and their chances this season. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Mack starts this season. He's had 16 tackles, and of those 16, seven of them have been sacks. It's <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and that's in, like, obviously only in five games. I mean, I think, obviously, I was at the Giants. Well, it was at the the Giants that they destroyed? I can't remember. Who did they who, who did they get all those sacks against? It was the Giants. I can't remember. I watched it. It just came to be every single play seemed to be him sacking the quarterback. It was ridiculous. Aye. It was, he, is, he is one of those elite players at that back end. Joey, like you say, Joey Bosa as well. Um, yeah, the, the, that's one thing that probably lets them down is the rest of their defence. If you've got two players like that, you need to have players around about that can they can pick up the slack as well and you see the back end are really struggling at the back end um so uh, something that came out a couple weeks ago we were, t- we were talking about the chargers was bruce staley if he doesn't turn this around over the next couple of games is he in a hot seat what do you think pat uh, what, what do you mean by turning it around because obviously they're, they're two and three just now yeah They'd be off in Miami and Dallas, which you'd probably expect. They're probably the big outlier there is the, the Titans um, that they beat in overtime. Obviously, they're third in the division just now. 
behind the Raiders, but you'd expect them to overtake the Raiders. No bother. So they're they're the second best team in the division. So should they be pushing the Chiefs? Absolutely. That, that's got to be their ambition. We hear it time and time again at the start of every season how, you know, they're, they're the new game in town and all the rest of it, and then it just never seems to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, early, it's too early in the season for me to be talking about whether or not his, his job's on the line. Um, yeah. I, th- I think you'd probably wait in the next next few games, see what happens. Um, this is obviously a big test. Obviously, it's a division game this weekend. It's, it's, yeah. We've talked already about how neither of us think that the Chiefs are firing all cylinders. Um, so it'd be, it'd be really, obviously, good to see how that goes. Um, yeah. But I don't think it's—I don't think just now is the time we're talking about people's jobs, certainly from a Chargers point of view. But certainly, if if, if things don't progress, um, if it becomes, if it continues with this sort of mediocrity, then absolutely, I think there, there will need to be some sort of change made. Yeah. Um, but I think it's too early to make any sort of drastic calls at this point in time. I don't think the losses they've had, barring the Titans, are unexpected today. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Yeah, let's get predictions. We've done a good bit of chatting that game there. Uh, Scud, where's this one going? Um, I say every week. One, it must be true one week. I'll go with the Chargers. Pat? <laughs> um, well, I said, obviously, the Chargers have got to quit the blocks fast and Kansas will catch them. Um, will, will the Chargers run out of steam again? Probably. Chiefs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, is, this is a hard one I think at some point the way they're playing the Chiefs is going to backfire on them and at some point the Chargers really need to be able to play to their ability I think that could be this week I think the Chargers will take a big step forward and I think the Chiefs might get caught out here um, yeah I'm going to go I'm going to go Chargers on this one actually right <laughs> I'm a bit of a plane geek, so I'm going to use a bit of a plane analogy for this, but then to this next game, right? So I'm assuming everybody knows what an F-15 fighter jet is, right? So the description of an F-15 fighter jet and why it's so successful is it's unprecedented maneuverability, acceleration, range, weapons, and avionics. Surely that just describes the Dolphins' offense. <laughs> but given that the Eagles struggled against the Jets last week, see what I'm doing there, Jets, fighter jets, uh, well, they bounce back. Um, this week against the Dolphins, and I've cursed it the last two weeks because I've picked game of the week and they've both disappointed. In fact, the last three weeks I've picked games of the week and they're all disappointed. And I don't want to really say this will be game of the week for the same thing, but surely this is game of the week, good. I'm not saying anything because it's, it's all new if it's the game of the week and it flatlines again, it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, nah, all joking aside, it definitely it has got the potential. It's two five and one teams going head to head. Um, that you've got the Eagles who won't be happy. And I'd, Pat, you got the win last week, but I think I don't know how you've got the win last week. But at the same more time, you shouldn't have, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, but no, it would be interesting to see what happens with how they've got to react from get, getting beat last week. You could have somebody who's like the wounded animal for getting beaten or raging and come out and demolish somebody. But how do you demolish the, I suppose, how do you demolish Dolphins? But the Bills done that this year so far. But, but they just seem to be building steam back up again. So to me, it's going to be, it's a fascinating game. I don't think there's, I think it'll be a high scoring game. Um, we think both teams have got the ability to score points at will. 
So I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. Let's start by talking about, and we, we talk a lot about them because they're amazing, but we talk, keep talking about them. Is this Miami offense? I went through a couple of stats out there. They lead the NFL on both sides of the offense. So they're rushing, they're averaging just about 182 yards a game. Their passing is just about 317 yards a game. And over six games, they're averaging 499 yards per game. And that's the second highest in history over six games. The only team that had averaged more was Cut Warner's Rams. That's the only yeah, team. Sean Tuff. Yeah. So, Pat, what is so good about this Miami offense? The balance. They've got the balance, right? They've got, absolutely. They've, they've managed to sort of get the perfect balance of having a really good wide, wide receiver room and a smash and run game. You like, you know, like even like Mostar, who's been a joke figure amongst us in fantasy football leagues for years because of all these injuries and all the rest of it. You know, they've had 18 months out of him who's been fully fit. And you see the benefit of him when he's fit. You see, you actually see he's a top running back when he's fit. They bring in the guy A-Chain, who's a, just a young guy. And look what he's done this year. Like, it's unbelievable what he's done this year. Yeah. In between that, they're spending mega bucks, obviously, on, on Cheetah. Um, Again, when Cheetah went to Miami and compared to uh, to Patrick Mahomes, we all laughed. We're all like, "No, what are you talking about?" And I mean, you're just saying that you're getting paid. The stats back it up. The, the stats are backing up that actually the armor too and the the records they're setting this year together is you know it's nothing. It's it's far better than what the Chiefs are able to do. Albeit they've not won anything, so let's let's caveat it on that front. Um, <laughs> But they've got the perfect balance just now. That's it. And the big thing as well is they've obviously invested heavily in the defence now as well. Again, last year, big issue with Miami was defensively they weren't that good. Um, yeah. You know, they fell short defensively. Start of the year, they're really excited to watch. Um, their offence last year looked scarily good as well. Then two get injured, they get banged up. And then obviously you've seen they're a very different animal after that. Um but this year they've just they've come out of the box and yeah they've been on fire. It's been brilliant yeah. to watch. So exciting to watch. Um, yeah, I've, it's it's hard it's hard to root for them though. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it difficult. <laughs> That's why I came at you first. I just realised that as I said that. Um, a player who I really like and I'm not going to say he doesn't get the, the credit because he certainly does. But I think sometimes he's a bit overshadowed by. By Tariq Kill is Jalen Waddle. He is a phenomenal wide receiver. Um, Absolutely. I know I'm talking to these both. I'm trying to get you both to pick up the, the Dolphins here. And it goes against everything you, you think of. But how good is Jalen Waddle? He's, he's a wide receiver one in our team. Um, he's he's a cracking, he's a big bit of a boy. He's solid, he's fast. He's everything you want in a wide receiver, to be honest with you. Um, if he wasn't in, if Kit, Tyreek Hill wasn't in this team, he would be wide receiver one easily. Um, but the fact you've got both of them, it just proves impossible to defend against. You do them, them, you, that's just... I said, the only thing I'd say they're missing in the full thing is a tight end, but they had Kasicki in that last year and didn't use him, so maybe that's just he doesn't want to use a tight end in his offence. Yeah. But that's the one thing I would think would be missing in that sort of mix. Yeah, but look, look uh, at it. Oh, sorry, on your pal, sorry. 
No, that's what you want me. I'm trying to tell you for what you got. What was the stats for both Hill and Waddle last season? Jalen Waddle put up 1,350 yards. That is number one yards for nearly every team in the league. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill just happened to put up 1,700 yards last season. <laughs> I mean, it's like, between the, if you get a start of season thing, I've got two wide receivers, between them are going to put up 3,000 yards. You know you've got something special. Um, going back to what you we mentioned about the running backs, and obviously more starts, he's turned up. A-Chain, I know, I can't remember who drafted him, and we're like, oh, he's, we, 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 the point we made fun of his size, and he's undersized for the NFL. How's he going to cope? He's clearly coping very well. They've now got Jeff Wilson coming back as well. Where does he fit in now? He does turn that three-headed monster. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Aitchin's obviously in IR now, isn't he? He's going to miss four weeks. Um, so, obviously, they, they can't run most of that on the ground because we've seen his injury history. We've, we've seen it doesn't take much to bang him up. So, they need to be clever. They need to be patient on that front. Um and I think, yeah, I think all three of them will get game time if they're fit. Yeah, I think they brought, they brought Ahmed into the game a bit last week as well, and he didn't really look out a place when he came into the game either. So they've obviously got a running back room there that they're, they're set for, for a while. We, we spoke about, I think last week, about the Lions being set in the running back room for the next couple of years, but the Dolphins certainly are now. Um, and how many, how many games have they had this year where they've actually rested most of their team the last quarter as well because they've just blown teams away? Yeah. And they've got, that, they've got that luxury just now where they can actually start resting a lot yeah. of starters. That's and actually scary because Tyreek Hill's got 800 and four, 814 yards in these games this year and he's probably missed a quarter of most of them. Yeah. <laughs> After five games to have that amount of yards is just... It's just mental. It's just mental. Um, I completely forgot what I thought I was going to say there. Sorry, just, oh, no, it's <laughs> fine. I was looking at the depth chat. We'll go back to the depth chat and see what I was going to say. Uh, oh no, what I was going to say, you were saying about pulling the starters out, what that's meaning is the guys who are effectively the backups, they're getting valuable game time, they're getting a quarter, a half, a quarter. They're, not getting, they're not getting a series or a drive, they're getting, so they they're, can get judged on their ability in the game and see how they're, so if they are relied on because of an injury, whatever, McDaniels has seen them playing game time, they can see what they can do, um, that's got to be a huge advantage because all of his backups are backups and they come in in emergencies and you're not sure how they're going to go. But this is letting him judge them in a game situation as well, which can only be, can only be a good thing for the Dolphins. Um, we, we, we touched on the defence here, so um, who, who's a stud in that defence, Scud? Who, who is it? Or is it a unit? I think they're doing it as a team, to be honest with you. Um, last year, I thought when Bradley Chubb came in, he would have been a difference maker and you can sort of see him starting to warm up just now this season. He's taking his time. He's into the system now. You can see him come in. Um, it's Van Ginkel, I think, goes under. You've talked about somebody who doesn't get enough rep, um, praise. I think he's... I don't like seeing him when we're playing them. Um, but I do think he doesn't get enough um, respect for what he does. He's done really well this season so far. Um, he started really well. But I do think he's a difference maker. In the past rush, yeah, I, I think he was one that last year kind of started showing a bit of what he can do, but yeah, he's definitely stepped up this year as well. Right, I've just realized we're, we're wanks on about the, the Dolphins here, right? Let's flip it over. This is my turn to not big up a team now. So, the Eagles <laughs> last, and I'm not going to take anything away from you, is win this game last week, Pat, 
so that's not why I'm going with this angle is we we have just spoke about the Chiefs not playing well, what just winning games and not performing to their ability. The Eagles were doing the same, and suddenly last week they're being caught out. What what's going on with the Eagles this year, Pat? Are they, why are they not performing at the levels that we're used to seeing with them? Um, it's early doors, so they're warming up. Um, but I think obviously I was, I was listening to the pod um, at the start of the week there, and Kevin actually nailed it. Obviously, Kevin being an Eagles fan, you know, it's completely. I was gave gave the Jets credit and stuff like that, but for me, he nailed it. The the offense was on the pitch for so long against the Jets, they were absolutely shattered come the fourth quarter. The yeah. Jets ran them ragged. So they did. The defense ran them ragged because they were on the pitch for so long. And if you look at uh, Jalen Hurts scrambling in the fourth quarter, he was exhausted. He was absolutely done in. So obviously they're not going to get that same type of game against the Dolphins. But that's certainly a model that other teams with limited abilities in offense could look to replicate. Because they did. I mean, you've seen, you've seen the physical difference in, in them in the fourth quarter. They completely ran out of steam. Yeah. Um, so I think they're doing enough to get by just now. I think if you look at the likes of like Devon or Smith and stuff like that, again, probably not not really hit the ground running this year at all. Um, but then AJ Brown on the other side of the field is obviously really ramped up after a bit of a slow start mm-hmm. and really putting up the numbers. Um, Goddard's really not been doing much again this year either. Um, but again, they're, they're built on a solid defence, so they're always going to be there and thereabouts. And they know they can rely on that defence as well in the bigger games. When it comes to crunch time in the playoffs, when you're playing against teams that want to go toe-to-toe with the, the likes of them, they'll, they'll be fine. I'm not getting no concerns over the Eagles at all. Yeah, so as a fantasy owner of both Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith, I 100% agree on what have they been doing this season. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at... Um, I, I'll give my opinion, so I think... I, understand why they picked him up. I don't think I don't know what he's going to bring to the team. Why have they picked up Julio Jones? It's good. What's what's the what's the, the logic behind that? Just another option. Somebody take somebody off the field. If you've got at the end of the day the defense, if you're playing three by receiver set, you're going to go to the other two first. And if Julio if Julio's anywhere near what Julio can do, you'll catch the ball, contested or not. It might not have the speed or the thing make away, but Julio was always a great contested ball catcher. And if you can get him in a good matchup, why not? It's costing you nothing. It's something extra to your room. Um, but there have been people who have tried doing things like that and it's not worked. So I think it, the jury will go out on it massively. I do agree with you, mate. But it's Julio Jones. He's, he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yeah. So it's if you can get anything out of him, it's just maybe... Even if it's maybe trying to rest some of the guys, if they're trying to put too much on AJ and Smith, it could be potentially be that because Smith looked ropey last week for the better. If it was, was the nicest word I can say about it, the drop passes and that. But then you said AJ was catching everything that was getting through his way. So it's maybe just another option for them um, yeah. if they're, when they're going to three wide outs. Yeah. So let's flip it over to the D. So the Eagles have got the number two run D in the league. Which we spoke about the Dolphins' numbers on uh, on offense running the ball. Um, the big issue that the Eagles have got, and I was astounded when I read this, the Eagles have went through fifteen DBs already this season. I'm only five games in. 
they are really struggling at the back end, and that's not what you want when you're coming up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It's it's really <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> I know you just you're now thinking about it in your head, thinking, "How is that going to play out?" There's only one way that's going to play out. Um, something I want to focus on is Jalen Carter. Through his first five games, like we also we all knew he could do well, but. He's played five games, he's got 11 combined tackles, he's hit the quarterback four times, he's got three and a half sacks, and he's forced two fumbles. For someone in their first ever five NFL games, that's some start. Um, what have you made him so far, Pat? Scary, scary good. Um, and again, we were all told he was scary good right from the start before the draft. And the only reason he fell is obviously because of all these off-the-field problems. Um I think probably the Eagles couldn't believe their luck that he landed for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he's, he's, he seems like the real deal. Um, if he can keep his head screwed the right way, then obviously, yeah, he's got a great career ahead of him. Yeah. And that that defensive system the, the Eagles have got, we spoke about it, it's just basically they've got Georgia playing right at the back for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, Jalen Carter was a limited participant in practice, but I think, he's, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think there was anything major. I think um, Darius Slave, we spoke about the, the, the DBs, Darius Slave is, is struggling for them again this week, but yeah, Carter's just an absolute machine. He, I mean, like you said, they couldn't have believed their luck when it when they dropped to them. I mean, they've got some good players on D, and then you add somebody like him, you just must be thinking, we could we could hit this any better. It's not um, fair. <laughs> exactly. I think, I think they're... I think the rolling might be a bit banged up going into this game, though. I think the Jets took out a few of their guys. Who's the I can't see him on the depth charts. I'm assuming he's injured. I completely forgot his name. Who's the lineman that who's our Georgia guy that he picked up? Linebacker. No one Smith. Um I completely forgot his name for a second of the linebacker. He's not a lineman, so you can line him up to Hassan Riddick as well. <laughs> so I mean the line's obviously doing the job and under pressures and they're, they're stopping the run game as well. It's just can can the line disrupt to enough to stop the DB worries becoming an issue? Um that, that's gonna be the big question. Also looking at if you look at it last week, obviously the Panthers went 14 up on the Dolphins last week. They can't afford to let the, the Eagles do that because the Eagles aren't gonna let them back in as easy as the Panthers did last week. Um but yes, it's, it's, I'm going to I'm going to say it. it is match it is game of the week. It is going to be match of the week. It's going to be a, it's going to be a cracker. Oh, it's going to be a goal game. Goal game. But to me, it sounds really dark. But it could easily do that because of how good both defenses are as well. They, they, could, they could just cancel each other out. I mean, or it could be a 40-40 tie going to overtime. It's just one of those games where it is so unpredictable. Or maybe um, still get his 55-50 game. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he didn't predict it. Right, let's get some predictions for this game. Pat, where's this one going? Um, well, hopefully it's game of the, game of the week. Um, hopefully it lives up to the billing. Um, I think the Eagles will edge it. Okay. Just before we come to you, this guy, I know you like your, your bets, but the bookies have got the Eagles favourites by two points on this. Do you think that's justified? I do think the Eagles are justified to be ahead. Um, and I think they would cover they'll cover that two and a half points easily. Not easily, but I do think it'll be more than that, that in it. And I do think the Eagles will win. I think they'll be 
hurt, raging, pissed off, however you want to say it, they're going to be, yep. they're going to come out and want to go for it. And we've, we've seen them against the only really good defence, I'll say, the things yeah, well, Dolphins have played is the Bills. And that was a blowout against other way. So to me, and I've been at being at in Philly, I think it's I, I just do fancy the Eagles in this one. Um I can't see it. Anyway. <laughs> okay, just before I went off prediction, I'm gonna say this. The Eagles, this is a this is a start of an absolute key run of games for the Eagles. This the this could I know they're doing well at the moment, but the Eagles now so they've got the Dolphins. They've got the Commanders, which we'll just ignore. Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys. That's their next run of games. If they don't pick up a win this week, then they've not got any games. Well, they probably should beat Washington, but they're, they're really getting into a tough part of the season where you'd want to be getting into that part of the season on form. Your players play at their best, the team play at the best. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen. But anyway, I'm going to say Dolphins because I kind of root for the Eagles. <laughs> you say that, but they've got Dallas twice in that run, mate. That's just two gimmies for them. Ah. <laughs> I think I think the uh, the issues with the DBs for the, in the back end for the Eagles, I think are going it's to be massive. It's going. I think the, the the Dolphins are going to have too much for them. I think. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a huge game for either Hill or Waddle or both. I think both of them are going to. They're going to get the yards, and it's it's going to come down to the protection that Tua gets from that uh, Eagles line. That's going to make a difference, I think. Right, guys, that's the three main games done. We're going to do the rest in one. So I think again, I think I'll pick six games again. Yep, six games. Usual format. We'll tell you the game. You in one word who's going to win it. We'll, we'll do it at clockwise as usual. So Scott, Pat, myself, we'll do it. So first game Thursday night football: Jacksonville against the Saints. Jags. Jags. Yeah, Jags. I'm going to say the same. <laughs> uh, Browns against the Colts. Browns. Colts. After seeing Minshew's performance last week, and I don't know what that was about, um, Deshaun Watson back in practice today, I've got to go Browns with this one. I think uh, he's got to miss it. I think he's going to miss it. He's down as doubtful again. Full participant in practice today. All right, I came up with my fantasy team saying that it's projected for zero this week. Um, I'm pretty, I'll, I'll check it now. Saying I'm pretty sure it's fair. Walker with. done no bad last week either, anyway. Yeah, there was one of the NFL journalists basically said there was full practice today. I can't remember who it was, and it's now not loading up on my phone. Where's it going? Anyway, I can't find yeah. it at the moment. Somebody did say, Oh, yeah, uh, rap sheet. Uh, practicing day with first. No, he's not a full practice. Basically, say he's practicing today. So, see how it goes with him. But PJ Walker did a decent enough job last week. Uh, commanders against the Giants. <laughs> Draw. No. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> is Stingley back? Is Jones back? Do we know? Uh, let me quickly check what the injury report is. I can find it. Sorry, I I'll go. I'll go with. I'll just. I'll go with. I'll go with the the team that's no for New York that claims to be for New York. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones limited practice, so he's back in. I'll he's go with the Giants. Then Giants. Uh, Pat. 
I'll go with the Commanders. Yeah, I, the Giants are just a dumpster fire this season. Washington are just a slightly smaller dumpster fire. Going with the Commanders <laughs> in this one. Um, where am I going next? Uh, Falcons at the Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah, low scoring game. Bucks deal come out on top. Yeah, I think we, we gave uh, Baker Mayfield a big big up last week, and I think yeah, I think he'll he'll carry them this week. I think it'll be a, a Bucks one as well. Um, Dealers at Rams. 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 Yeah, Rams for me as well. And before we get to the last one. Rap sheet's just tweeted out. Kyle Shanahan tells the reporters that Christian McCaffrey had an MRI that was encouraging and he considers him day-to-day at the moment. So, 49ers, Vikings. Uh, 49ers. Yeah, they can beat the Vikings without him. Yeah, that's the exact point I was going to make. Put Jordan. Jordan Mason actually looked pretty decent last week. Put him in and you're still going to beat the Vikings. No, 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 no. We need Christian McCaffrey, especially for my fantasy teams. To be fair, I'm glad to all the Vikings offense because I don't have this in the <laughs> I know. I say every week and nothing ever happens. Um, anyway, right, so let's get to talking about fantasy. What a lead and that was. Good, thanks very much. So we're going to do our usual sleeper and stud for the fantasy. So we're going to kick it off with QBs. Scud, you're up first. Um I I'll go for Stud. I'll go to her, even though I went a bet against him in the game. I still think he's going to have a great game. Um I can see him as you said with the if he gets the time to throw, I can see it being dangerous, especially with the Eagles not having any DBs. So two for my stud. And I, I Dobbs for the sleeper. And I've no other reason for that. It's the only one I could pick. Um, no, he's been he's actually been doing okay, and I think he's got a good chance this week. So I think a good chance to put up some numbers. So I shot the dark into it. Right. If you're ring, you're ring. What's the worst that can happen? Now? <laughs> I'm, I'm usually rang this as the wife. <laughs> oh, but running backs, where are you going? Um, so I'm going to go for probably what's going to be the worst game of the week. Um, with the Bears against the Raiders. Um, it looks like Fields is out and Jimmy G's out. So I'm going to go for Josh Jacobs to run a mock for the Raiders. So he's my top RB this week. Yep. And who's your sleeper RB? And my sleeper one, um, we talked about him earlier on. Um, if he's fit, Jameer Gibbs is going to finally show up, show us all that he's a top-class rookie. Yeah, I think we've, uh, we've all been open for that so far this season. He's just not done it yet, so... Yep. Um, I'm going to follow similarity with you here with similarity with you with the wide receiver and I think uh, stud this week's going to be Devontae Adams I think he's he's going to put up a big game this week um, be Brian Hoyer throwing him the ball? doesn't matter who's throwing the ball <laughs> <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing the Bears I could be throwing him the ball and he'd still have a big game <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had I had put I had put that up and I had thought of that before the Jimmy G injury. But if you're a backup quarterback, you need your number one receiver to the guy to help you out. Um, yep. And I know you're going to talk about somebody else in a minute. It's good that'll help him out. So I'm not I'm not give that game away yet. Uh, sleeper this week, I was a bit 
it wasn't. I, I knew what team I was going for. It was just watch of the two wide receivers. So I'm, I'm, I'm going Green Bay for a sleeper. And I, I just can't see if it'll be Dobbs or Reed. And I'm going to go Dobbs because he's in my fantasy team. That's the only reason why. But I think one of the two of them, I think, will have a big game this week. Um, so which one it is? It'll probably be the opposite one from I picked it on the way to Denver. Yeah, I think the, the, the Packers wide receivers should have a, a productive week this week. Uh, back to yourselves, good for the tight ends. Um, tight ends, stud, um, Hawkinson for just for your fantasy teammate. That's basically the, the only reason why. <laughs> no, um, I just think they'll need them, they'll need to align him more with um, JJ not been out. Um, they'll need to rely more on him and the rookie and Osborne. So he must take a step this year. He must be more involved in the passing game. He's usually always involved a lot, but I think he'll take another step forward this week. Um, rookie, I uh, ties into yours nicely, um, is Mayor. Um, I'm not as confident now that I know he's out, but um, uh, now that Jimmy G's out, but I still think he showed flashes last week against us, and I think he will take me to jump on again. As you say, that is against the Bears, so he's got, he should hopefully have an easier, a better chance, because Although we're banged up, we've still got a decent-ish defence. Better than the Bears anyway, so um, we should hopefully have a chance this week as well. He had a good game last week, actually. seemed to kind of start breaking out a bit last week. Nothing too fan too over the top, but he started to show what he can do. Yeah, uh, exactly. So that's fine. So we're on, uh, we're on uh, D's, Pat. <laughs> so we're having a clean sweep here. Um, <laughs> so after having the running back, the wide receiver... The tight end, I'm going for the Raiders' defence. <laughs> so, um, so again, just because if, if it's Tyson Bajant, who's the starting QB, I expect him to be blattered and bruised by the end of it. Loads of sacks, loads of interceptions. So can't see by the Raiders this, this week. Should um, for from a sleeper? And, well, I, I have literally, just before we came on, because the Cowboys are on a bye week this week and I've got the defence I had to pick up and I picked the Raiders D up as my, as my team this week, so... I endorse that decision. <laughs> and then for sleeper, I went with, and this was based on the thing, the fact I don't think um, I think it's got PJ Walker starting for the Browns. So I'm going to go with the Colts as your sleeper defence. Yeah, they have had uh, the Boris Butler's had a good start to the season. Every time I was watching, they just seemed to be him. It was on the quarterback. Um, hanging for him. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much, I. <laughs> Was it was it no habit it was hanging for Jalen Hurts when he threw that pass last week? <laughs> you just like, no, you're not getting near me, pal. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to take the, the stir roll this week and go with the kickers. Um, so I've decided that my... I, both of these... Carlson. Now that Hoyle's there, I'm not going to score as many touchdowns. I'm going to kick a million field goals. Um... I feel that these two could both be either my stud or my sleeper. Um, so I'm going to go um, with my stud. Uh, and Keith will be happy with this one. Uh, Yungwe Koo, I think mm. he's going to be my, my my stud this week because that game against Tampa Bay, there could be a lot of field goals in that game. Um, I think he said it was going to be a low-scoring game. Like could potentially be a lot of field goals in it. And the other one I'm going to go with um, Stud Sleeper, whatever way you want to look at it, because he could do 
either way. Believe it or not, he's on the other side of the field. Uh, and it's Chase McLaughlin for the exact same reason as why I picked Young Ruku. I think that game was going to have a lot of field goals in it. Um, so I went, I suppose he could, one stud, one sleeper, flip around, both studs, both sleepers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Ruku and McLaughlin facing off against each other. Oh, I have some good picks here, guys. Let's hope the Raiders do well this week. <laughs> we need them, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and you say that Hawkins have been waiting for Hawkins to step up the whole season. Um, I told you it's going to happen this week. I well, thought it was going to happen last week. I had him and Addison and Cup Cousins and none of them done anything last week for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we digress. That is the end of the pod, guys. Thank you very much for your contribution contributions that I can't speak. Uh, Scud, thanks very much as always. Pleasure, pal. Pleasure. Pat, enjoy the rest of your celebrations before the Jets play this weekend because you might not last too long. <laughs> I'll enjoy my bye week. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone, thanks for, for listening, for watching, following, subscribing to everything. You find us on all your socials. Find us where you get all your podcasts. Uh, the crew will be back next week for the review crew. Hopefully the games that we've predicted are going to be good games. That's the games we'll be talking about because we've not done very well over the last couple of weeks for that, to be honest with you. Um, thanks again. We'll catch you all on Tuesday and we'll catch you soon. Bye.